education teachers are so often forgotten in the IEP process, but today we're going to include them and we're going to include them when it comes to behavior. One of the hottest topics that we have when it comes to general education settings and how are we going to make all of this work together? This is exactly why I brought Maria to the Special Education Inner Circle podcast. Maria, thank you for being here today. Sure, no problem. Thanks for having me. So just share with us so we know what lens you're looking through as you start to give us some of the, I mean, really awesome things that you brought for us today. Uh, What brought you to the IEP table? So I am a behavior specialist in a public school. Oftentimes when I'm invited into IEP meetings, it's to help guide interventions around behavior intervention plans or behaviorally targeted goals in the IEP. IEP. So I help provide to the teaching team on what that could look like, what different goals we could have for different students and the behaviors that we want them to engage in. And if we are doing a formalized behavior intervention plan as part of the IEP, I help the team through that process. So your role is a little different than what people typically think you might be doing. So you're not providing a lot of direct services to students, you're providing staff support. Exactly. I provide very little direct service to students. I provide a lot of staff support and staff training. I model interventions, help get interventions up and going in classrooms, um, provide that training to teachers as needed and requested in my building. So yes, very different than what most people assume a behavior specialist does. Yeah. So a lot of people are listening right now and they're like, how do I get one of you into (laughs) my school? But, uh, you know, we're not going to talk about that today because there's all different ways that we can help negotiate services. You know, we do that all the time in the master IP coach program, but you're going to walk away today by the end of this with three strategies that you need. And and Maria, just tell us, why do they need these strategies? Like, what are we going to be chatting about? We're going to be chatting about three strategies to help general education teachers implement the behavior intervention plans or behavioral strategies that are encompassed in the IEP. And these are to help ensure that these interventions and strategies are carried out in the different environments that our students find themselves in throughout the school day. So a lot of times this topic of general education and behaviors, it feels scary. And a lot of times this is the barrier where schools say, sorry, we can't do that. You know, we we can't provide the services in the general education room, or, you know, we can't have the child participating in certain activities in certain classes because of behavior. So, you know, and a lot of you have like anger when you hear that. So these strategies are going to help you kind of work through what are some of the things that we need to address so we don't get stuck in that roadblock. So go ahead, let's start. What's the first one? Sure. So my very first strategy is to make the interventions feasible. I always say feasibility leads to fidelity, meaning that if we make the interventions feasible, hopefully they will be implemented with fidelity in different settings, different environments. And what that really looks like is collaborating as a team. So getting the general education teachers together that interact with a student on your caseload and determining what's feasible in their classroom. We know what's feasible in our classrooms. A lot of times there are more resources in special education classrooms in terms of personnel, or there are just different materials that we have access to that general education teachers might not have access to. So really getting their input on the interventions that you're implementing, really explaining what an intervention could look like or what a strategy entails, and then asking them something like, this is what this strategy entails. 
does this sound like something that can work in your classroom? What can we do to make this work? A lot of times what I see is special education teachers helping guide general education teachers through this process, through collaborating on an overall strategy and then breaking it down to what that could actually look like in a general education classroom. I think so often our special education teachers assume that um, you know, things need to look the same in both environments. And what I'm hearing you saying is we need to adapt some of that to the teacher, to that environment. And that's okay. It doesn't have to look exactly the same all the time. It, that, that plan's not going to work in all different areas. Right. Absolutely. That was one of the points I wanted to touch on was that things can look a little bit differently. Your student could have a visual schedule in your classroom and we can modify that for a general education setting. We don't want our students maybe carrying around like cumbersome PEX binders and stuff like that. So how can we utilize a strategy that helps give students access to their communication in a way that is feasible in all the other classrooms? Does that look like having multiple binders so that the student's not carrying them to different locations? Or the student does have like a master PEX binder and they are, or a master um, iPad devices or communication device, but we have multiple um, charging locations and all of that so that they always have access to the resources they need. But thinking about those different contingencies in those classrooms, what it looks like in gym class, what it looks like in art class, what it looks like during morning meeting in their general education classroom, how can we make it feasible? How can we make these strategies accessible to the general education teachers so they don't feel overwhelmed or like they're doing it wrong? but also giving the students access to the supports that they need to be successful in those classrooms. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of creativity and working through what does that really look like? How can I make sure that I always have everything ready to go in various settings? You know, I'm thinking this is a great skill for the students. So a lot of times we're setting up a student for success across all environments and we're making sure everything is the same, but we have to just realize that the world is not the same in all different environments. So teaching this flexibility to the child too. here, this is what happens in this classroom. This is what happens, but still setting them up for success, still giving them access to all the things they need, but what they need could be different. And I love that flexibility that's going to be taught to the student when we set them up for success in a variety of different environments. Absolutely. And I just wanted to clarify, I by no means saying that we should modify a student's communication device, like they should have access to communication at all times. But thinking about the supports that we use in different environments, always having like extra supports ready, giving the, the gen ed teacher copies of everything. So the student forgets to bring their visual schedule, like they already have one ready to go. And it's not like a what do we do in this situation can be really helpful and really just walking through with the general education teachers what that strategy can look like and collaborating with them, inviting them into that process. A lot of times if they're new to it, they might not really know what it could look like in their classroom. So if you have the chance, my second strategy would be allowing them to come into your classroom and just see what it looks like, modeling those strategies for them modeling how you provide prompts or how you provide different structures and supports in your classroom can go a long way because some of our general education teachers might not have ever had access to that type of opportunity to see these interventions in action or any instruction in their teacher prep program on what these interventions could look like. So they're really just looking for someone to show them how to do it. And I know right now it's really challenging to get people to come in, to, in and out of classrooms and subbing and 
all of that, but as much as possible, trying to figure out how you can model that strategy can go such a long way to it being less intimidating to a general education teacher. I'm going to be honest. It's kind of embarrassing uh, how many general education teachers have really never seen the inside of a special education classroom with students in it, like with it in motion and in embarrassing. I mean, just as a whole, like the system has not been set up for special education teachers and general education teachers to work together. So then the parent comes in the mix and they're like, why can't this just happen? And it's like, well, uh, uh, I don't even know how to make that happen because so that whole uh, invitation in a lot of times we're thinking about how do we, you know, get the special education teacher into the general education room so she can figure out all the things over here and help train the teacher. Like you just said in the, you know, in our first strategy, but it, yeah, reversing that and saying, now come see what this really looks like. And a lot of times the general education teacher, we say like, okay, let's be creative. This is what I do. You know, how is your room set up at that? And asking for their input, so important, but that kind of reverse field trip into the other classroom is so important. Yeah. And also if you have the opportunity as the special education teacher to go into the general education classroom and just see how it's set up so you can use your creativity of like, oh, I see this, this, and this, and these are things that I think would be helpful to my student, or this would be a great opportunity for my student, and just helping open up those discussions around what can work for the students that are in those classrooms. A lot of times, we don't even know like what we do day to day all the time, that we don't even know what to recommend, but then when we go into a gen ed classroom, we're like, oh, there's so many things that we can work with in here, and just pointing that out to the gen ed teacher Hopefully they're open to all those ideas and suggestions, but it can be a great way to, again, collaborate on those strategies. I love to say, hopefully they're open to it. I'm like, yes, uh, bring chocolate and just say, come on, let's, let's, let's sit down. Let's brainstorm. Let's make this happen. You know, bring your snacks, bring your coffee and let's do this because it, it is going to take teamwork and it doesn't always have to feel so heavy. A lot of times this conversation, it almost feels like, um, you know, and it's, so we just kind of spill things here with no filter sometimes in conversations on the podcast, which a lot of times there's just a lot of, um, headbutting of like, this is my classroom and this is how I run it. And, and that can come from a special education teacher or from a general education teacher. And it's like, no, it's time to, to come together. And there's gonna have to be some flexibility on everybody's part to make this happen for the child. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So what else do you have for us? Okay, so one of my last strategies is to play out all those what-if scenarios with the general education team. So set up those contingency plans. What if the device isn't charged? What if they forget their visual schedule? What if they have this, you know, big emotion and this large behavior in my classroom? What do I do in these situations and have contingency plans? A lot of times what I've noticed is general education teachers seem a little bit intimidated by what might your um, any challenging behaviors that might happen or the supports that they have to provide, making sure that they're doing all the things necessary so that student can be successful. And in, when those situations happen and it's like, what do I do? It almost like creates this little bit of a barrier or like in the behavior word, what we call like escape maintained behavior. It's like, I don't want, like this makes me uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. I don't feel like this is in my control anymore. So I'm going to try and escape these situations in the future, right? So they're resistant to things in the future. So really playing out all of those what if scenarios, walking through any scenario they might have in their head about what could 
go on in their classroom or how to provide support in their classroom. I, I know a lot of gen ed teachers are like, what do I do if they, the kid just says no, or like they don't want to do something like just providing those strategies. What do you do in those situations? How do we help the student be successful so that it kind of eases that stress? We all have a plan. What are we going to do? Um, it kind of helps bridge that barrier and really, again, helps with that a collaboration piece of the whole entire behavior intervention plan. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to talk about another kind of, it's not really a strategy in the same way that you have these strategies, but it's something that needs to happen. And it, it's that relationship between the general education teacher and the student. So many times we put the student into the classroom. And it's like, here's your new classroom. But where was that relationship? That student doesn't necessarily know that their strategies were set up for them, or they don't know that this is their teacher. And sometimes the general education teacher is not taking ownership of like, this is my student in my classroom. It's not like it's the other teacher student who's visiting my room. So can you speak on that a bit um, on how do we help a general education teacher uh, develop a relationship with a student and then help the student feel like that is their home. Absolutely. One of the things that actually a colleague told me that I thought was gold, and I've been working into a lot of my recommendations, is if we have a special education student going into a general education classroom and a behavior happens or a situation happens, instead of calling, which a lot of times a special education teacher is called on a radio or an administrator is called on a radio and they're running to save the day, still call that person for support if you need that additional support, but have them go in and teach the rest of your class or do an activity with their class while you work with the student through what's ever going on. While the general education teacher works through with that student what's happening or that emotion that they're feeling or getting them to de-escalate. Granted, they have the, you've done the contingencies, they have the training, they know what they're doing so that it helps build that relationship. Those The kids wanna know that you're there with them through the great times and the really challenging times and that somebody else is just not going to rush in and save the day and because that perpetuates the the thought that well this is my teacher this person is just you know i'm just visiting in their classroom or the gen ed teacher thinking the student's only here for an hour a day so you know that's you know somebody else's student and they need to take care of all of these things but really helping the team in that way and just having build that into a contingency plan. If you have to call me, I'm going to come in and I'm going to do a circle with your class or I'm going to do uh, an activity with your class and you're going to go out with the student into the hallway and help them de-escalate or you're going to take them to the place that they need support with or you're going to keep pursuing whatever you know the task was at hand with the student and hopefully that helps build that relationship. Most of the time, gen ed teachers have a great uh, tool link for building relationships. It's in those really challenging times that we we retreat and we're like, we don't know what to do. Let somebody else take care of this. And that could really fracture the relationship and perpetuate that, like, my student, your student, I, this is my teacher, that, that's not my teacher type of scenario that we see a lot. I love that strategy. I talk about that a lot when it comes to paraprofessionals in the classroom. I've never frameworked it for a teacher in that way, but saying like, okay, so a paraprofessional is in there. That doesn't mean that they're limited to only work with that student. And sometimes the teacher can come over and work with the student while the paraprofessional then goes in, you know, rotates through the room and helps out. So then that teacher has some ownership 
of that activity specifically with that child. And the child's like, okay, yes, this person is also here for me. So I love those so much. Uh, Maria, I just want to say thank you so much for bringing those strategies. I hope you guys took a lot of notes. If not, you know, go rewind, play again, because that's a lot of strategies that you can bring into the IEP. And I want to encourage everybody that you can use the IEP document to set this up for accountability, meaning all these things like the teacher will visit the other classroom and then that teacher is going to go visit the other, you know, they're going to swap and, and make sure they do those field trips, um, you know, into each other's classrooms that you're going to have the trainings. They can be put into the IEP. The document is powerful in holding people accountable for these strategies. Cause a lot of people are going to think, well, we all said that this was a good plan and then nobody followed through. So do you have any really concrete things that maybe either you put into IEPs or how do you do communication between the team to make sure everybody's on the same page? Definitely. One thing that we definitely do is before we leave a meeting, we assign action items to everybody. So, you know, your action item is to schedule the visit to each, each other's classroom. Your action item is to you know, go in and model the strategy or utilize a planning period or whatever period it is to model the strategy. But we have these action items as well as like deadlines for it um, in terms of like, when are we going to re revisit these things? When are we going to um, take the next step? Whether it's like, okay, once all of this is set up, then we'll do this part of it. And then typically the case manager will oversee that those action items are hit upon. And then our special education supervisor will then ensure again that those action items were hit upon but I would definitely leave with like assigned roles because you are definitely right you leave that meeting and it's like okay we said we would do all these things but I don't have a meeting on my calendar I don't have a sub for this day like who's taking care of what so we always leave with okay who what are the next action items for everyone on the team and for parents who are listening, you can request that to happen. It's okay for you to be the instigator of like, can we get a list of who's doing what by when? So this way right. we, all, we all just know. And, and it, that eliminates so much worry from a parent standpoint of like, are they really going to do this? You know, how do I know if it's getting done? That communication can be huge. I love that. All right. So I'm going to make sure everyone has your information, how to contact you, all those things in the show notes. So if you're watching, you're, you have everything that you need to get in touch with Maria. And I want to encourage you that if you took anything away from this at all, if you're just like, I never thought about that, I need you to do two things. One is, especially if you're listening on Apple podcasts, please leave a five-star review and a comment because that helps us be found by other parents and teachers who need these strategies. We need more parents and teachers to get these strategies so more students are supported. And then no matter where you're watching, please make sure that you share this with a friend. We have so many students. We have over 7 million students who receive special education services. And this collaboration between general education and special education needs to happen. You know what? We don't have a Maria everywhere, unfortunately. <laughs> There, you know, there's, there's not a, you know, the, your position, your unique viewpoint and, and just responsibilities. It's so cool. That's when I found out what you did. I was like, no way. Like, let's talk about this and what's possible because we need more of you just throughout our school communities. So please make sure that you share this episode with a friend so we can start you know, collaborating at a whole different level between general education and special education. So Maria, I'm going to ask you to give one more thing. Just kind of sure. off the top of your head. I would love to know a word of encouragement for our general education teachers who are, you know, they are just 
a bit worried. They want to be all in, but maybe they've been burned before where they didn't have the support. So now they feel like they can't, or there's so much on their plate right now. They're like, I can't add anything else in. So where do they, you know, just get some support or what questions should they be asking? Where should their head be at? Just let's give them some words of encouragement. Sure. Uh, I would say just advocate for what's feasible in your classroom. Advocate for the support you need. Be upfront about this is what is happening in my classroom. These are the things that are preventing me from doing X, Y, and Z. How can I make it work in my classroom? If you're utilizing that language, it shows that you're open to utilizing these strategies and also recognizing the fact that if it's not feasible for you, it will. It just won't happen. There's no way that if you have this pie in the sky plan that's not feasible inside of all the settings that we need it to be feasible in, that it's going to work. And at the end of the day, it's the student that misses out, misses out on strategies and supports that are essential for them to be successful. And all we have to do is make it feasible and they get access to those strategies and supports. I love it. I love that so much. So all right, everyone, go read the show notes, find out where you can connect with Maria. Don't forget to share with a friend, leave that review, and we'll see you guys next time.